Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast In Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the In Death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Tara. And this is episode number 22 of Podcast In Death. And today we're going to be talking about loyalty in death. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I don't know if, I, I, I don't know if it's how, see, I can't, I read this one so long ago that I don't know how I felt about it when I first read it or any other yeah, times that I, I read it. I've read it a couple of times. I've read it a couple of times. I've, well, yeah. I've, I've probably read it multiple times. I've read it every time I've reread the series, but it's been a while since I've done a full reread like this of the series. That's hard to do because it's yeah. 50, 50 fucking one books now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, it's been quite a while and this is one that I, you know, this isn't one I pull out when I just want to read in a death book, you mm-hmm. know, and you know, I mentioned it on Twitter. It, it was a just a different perspective this time. I feel like just that with everything going on, not to get political or anything, but right. it, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was hard to read. Regardless of whether it's political, it is a relevant comment to sure. make. I just felt like it was a slow starter for me this time. Yeah, and I can't remember if I felt that same way the first time I read it. Okay. I think it does feel like a slow starter when you know what's happening in the book. Like, I feel like the first time I read it, I, I definitely didn't feel that way. I was like, you know, cause I always feel the way the first couple of chapters of an in-depth book. I'm like, all right, how, how are we doing it this time? What are we, you know, we're getting into it. How's this going to look? But I think knowing that there's about to be a bunch of explosions and stuff, rereading it, you're <laughs> yeah. like, okay, when are we getting some bombs? Come on. <laughs> right. There's going to be a bunch of explosions and stuff. Yeah. I mean, listen, if this were an action movie, Eve would love it. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tons of explosions in this one. Yes. I I, I, I completely forgot about the Statue of Liberty part. So I kind of got to the I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, the Statue of Liberty part. Yeah, that's one of the things that really sticks out for me for this book. I remember the, the tea room and the Madison the Square Garden thing. one to, to think about, though. Like, well, that yeah. and that and the Madison Square. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah this time i don't know why but yeah i mean it's always tough but it was like i cried this time and i i don't cry at books in general this you know especially is is just as a i know neither of you have been to new york city but this is one where i'm especially thinking about these places yeah you know and like what they look like and being in those locations or near those locations and stuff just kind of think you know i think about that you know and and they mention you know, landmarks and stuff in a lot of the books, but this yeah. is the one that I'm just like constantly reels of past trips to the city are going through my head. And well, yeah, this one's kind, of a, this one's kind of a love letter to the city, really. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in there about the city. Right. It's not necessarily, yeah. you know, in other books, it's background. In these, but in yeah. this one, it's very much in the forefront. Right. And there was a little bit, especially, um, when she was thinking about the, the Statue of Liberty, when she, when she had Eve thinking about it and thinking about how she always took it for granted as yeah. they're flying out there, or whatever she's having these thoughts of. Yeah, but yeah, know. my favorite line in that one is when she asked Rourke if he owns it, and he's like, "No one owns her," and I'm just I like, know. Oh, I right? love that. I don't <laughs> I know really why it. it just like hits me every time. I'm like, that is great. There's some really good lines in this one. Yeah. Again, you know, just I'm overall just a fantastic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought it was it was a slow starter, but mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, I get, you might be right. It might be just because I'm anticipating all of the action that's going to happen later on. Well, and like the first explosion is pretty like anticlimactic. Yeah, pretty like, oh, cool. Nobody Whatever. gets hurt except for her car and that poor car. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's, you know, that's just the best because it's like, you know, because she just got that car. Yeah. <laughs> Then the explosion, and she's just like, you know, look at my car. She's like, God damn it, just look at my ride. Poor Eve. Poor Eve. Poor Eve and her vehicle. I'm actually shocked that she hasn't trashed the DLE yet, but I'm pretty sure that that's the whole point of it. <laughs> Although, if anyone can find a way to trash it, it would be right. Eve. That's it what I'm saying. Yeah. And yeah, Absolutely. I mean, maybe one day. He'll just get her. A, he'll just get her a new one. I mean, that's. Oh yeah, clearly Rourke has anticipated everything as far as this yeah. goes. He's got a whole warehouse he's, full of them just waiting for her. He's I'm already sure. thinking about ways to improve it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. no. There's going to be a DLE Urban Two or. So to maybe go back to the the beginning of this book, first murder is Jay Clarence Branson, and he was uh, killed by his girlfriend, Lizbeth Cook, who got angry at him because she thought he was cheating on her. So she picked up a drill and drilled him to the wall. Sure did. (laughs) Absolutely did. And, you know, um, so obviously this one is about loyalty, so no big surprise there. No, I would. Since you've started that whole thing, I've been more attuned to that. And I thought, huh, loyalty is the theme of this book. (laughs) 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 Which, I mean, duh, but. It's duh. Sometimes they're not, I mean, sometimes they're not as obvious, but yeah, this one was obvious. This one's very obvious, yeah. But after Eve gets finished at the murder scene of J. Clarence Branson, uh, she says to uh, Peabody while they're getting in their car, yeah, so she screwed him, literally. So remember, loyalty counts. <laughs> a couple of times, the word loyal, they were talking to um, JC's administrative assistant, and he told Eve that JC was devoted to her and he was loyal. Um, I, I feel like that, and I can't, I'm not finding it, but I feel like at one point, uh, Zeke is thinking of Eve. And uh, yes. there was one point where he read her like aura. Yeah. Yeah. It's and one of the, I think it's the first time he meets her. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And says that, you know, she's got, you know, dark spaces or whatever, but that she's loyal. Right. She's got a weasel. A weasel. A weasel called Ratso. <laughs> Who contacted her and tells her about uh, one of her other informants called the Fixer? Well, he wasn't one of her informants. It was just somebody he knew. She and knew I of him. She knew of the Fixer. She knew of him, but he wasn't right. a, okay. he wasn't an informant because he hated the cops. And uh, that the Fixer had been murdered, and prior to the murder, had told Ratso that he was involved in something that he wasn't. Uh, that was really bad shit, and that it was really something shit. that was going to uh, be another Arlington, and that doesn't mean anything to Eve. So, because but Eve doesn't do history, <laughs> Eve doesn't do no. history. She doesn't do pop culture. She would suck at Jeopardy. She really. Let's be honest. R.I.P. Alex. 
Mm. Yeah, I know, right? Screw you, 2020. Screw you, 2020. I mean, we knew it was coming. I mean, we all knew Alex. We did, and he fought so hard. He really did. You know, I mean, for the type of cancer he had, he held on for a long time. He did. And he He continued to do it all, and good for him. And, you know, he was doing what he loved, so... Chapter two is when we are uh, introduced to Peabody's brother, Zeke. Oh, Zeke. Yes. Oh, Zeke. Poor Zeke. I mean, really? I mean, yeah. he's just so completely naive and like almost ridiculously so. It's like, come on, dude. Man up well, a I bit. mean, free age your parents. Yes, I get it. But I mean, right. she took it really, really, really into extreme territory with him. I mean, and I will say, yeah. you know, obviously it's a several books still. When we meet Peabody's parents, I know that like, y- you know, Sam is very mild like Zeke. I think that they both seem very, I don't know. I, th- I think that they are both very aware type of people. Like they, right. can, they can handle their trip to New York City, you know? Sure. <laughs> and Peabody right. is not worried about them. She's like... Right, hey, no. yeah, just here, yeah. cool. Yeah, Zeke's just kind of got his head in the clouds and doing his thing. Yeah. Well, because someone talked to Peabody it. about like having family that tells her when they're fucking coming to visit, right? <laughs> because it never happens. <laughs> I would be yeah. pissed if my family just showed up like they that. Show up, like, good lord! What are you doing? <laughs> like, give me some notice. Right. I don't have room for you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Come on. Well, Peabody's Let me prepare the guest room. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. In this case, it's the pullout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Zeke. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and Eve is thinking that there's just no family resemblance because Zeke is like tall and very skinny. Right. Which seems to be Nora's type, right? Yeah, she's yeah. very like six six and very and into slim. the tall, lanky men. Uh, you know, in in context of what had just happened, the Branson murder and everything, uh, I just thought it was interesting that they were in Eve's office and interacting, and it says that Zeke stroked a hand over Peabody's hair, and it says in a way that made Eve think of relationships again. Some weren't about sex or power or control; some were just about love, which I think is. A really nice sentiment. It is. It is a nice sentiment. And it's a nice sentiment for this series, too. Like, I think that yeah. just in general, yes, the series is about Eve and Rourke, but, like, also look at all these other people Eve loves. Right. Or that Eve just has a, an appreciation for, mm-hmm. like uh, Anne Malloy. Yeah. Uh, Anne Malloy. Eve just has, uh, <laughs> you know, admiration for her and appreciation for her. And uh, it just sucks. It sucks so much. So yeah, Eve goes into the Branson Toys and Tools company and interviews a couple people. She has Peabody take Zeke to her house and they're talking about the differences between them, like why Peabody chose to do what she does. And she says to him, you know, I'm happy. I love my work. I don't know how to explain it to you to make you understand. And he says, you don't have to. I can see it. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because one of the things that a lot of people have been highlighting is right after that, he thinks in his head, understanding wasn't always the answer. 
he knew that accepting was. That's also a good. That's a, that's a very good sentiment. Yeah. Really nice sentiment. You don't have to understand the people in your life. You just have to accept them. Right. Which, and that's hard for a lot of it's people. It's hard sometimes. Especially a certain type of person. <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't Horrific. so hard for certain people, but. Yeah. I really like I really like the introduction of Zeke in this book. I was just thinking about siblings. Right. Um, because no one else seems to have them. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I think Charles Monroe has a sister that we don't know or care right. about. Right. I've never it. seen. Never seen. She's just We're never going to see. She's not relevant. I don't know. But right. I think it's fascinating that obviously I'm not I'm not a writer. I think it's very interesting that this book is so like crazy, you know, like yeah. unpredictable, all this crazy stuff. And like how Eve is targeted as this adversary. And in this same book, we bring in another person who's actually relevant, not necessarily to the story, but relevant to a character. Right, you know, he is relevant to the story. Yes, no, I mean the overall story. You know, not in the yeah, whole five fifty series. series, but he's very relevant to this book. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, mm-hmm. this book is so. This is the one where everything is linked to everything is linked to everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Which yeah. part of me wants to be annoyed by that, but part of me is like, well, then I don't have to worry about all these different things happening and all. By that they. They just randomly pulled in Peabody's brother from out west without. I no because targeting um, him because all the way back in the prologue it says already first blood has been spilled and we rejoice. Circumstances have put an opponent in our path you would find worthy. We have attached to this transmission a dossier on Lieutenant Eve Dallas of the so-called New York City Police and Security Department. So. It's possible that they already knew she was going to get pulled in for it. How though? Or, because it was yeah. because like I, Peabody makes a point later on of saying, "So whoever pulled JC's death would have gotten the transmission." And right. that's but, what that's what I assume the circumstances meant. Right? Circumstances but they didn't really own it. Maybe they're thinking. I don't know. Maybe they just. I, I just don't think it's a coincidence that it was Peabody's brother. Yeah, that well, is, I have a very hard time buying that. Yeah, but I think you make a good point, though. How how did they make sure that Eve ended up with Lisbeth Cook? Or is that really irrelevant? Is that the part that's actually a coincidence? And And they wouldn't have sent, you know what I'm saying? They wouldn't have sent that to, say, if... Baxter got it or something. They would be like, okay, well, that's his deal because either way, they're still taking JC out of the equation. You know, they set up Elizabeth to kill him. Eve being involved in that particular murder is not really as relevant as her getting, or not relevant, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, her getting the messages. Sure. And that makes sense. I can see that. Maybe it's that. Otherwise, I think that it, is very blatant, obviously, after you've read it once, that it's you know right. all intentional right. connection. Yeah, I can, right. you know, I could see that. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. yeah, like that that prologue piece where it said circumstances have handed us. <laughs> so I always assume that JC's murder that handed them Eve. Well, the other thing is also Fixer's death. How how are they going to ever know that you know this all happens prior to? 
you know, right. all, all those messages and stuff at the beginning and in the prologue are all happening before Eve is given that information from Ratzel. Right. They're not going to right. be able to know that. So I think, I think right. like, those are the things that are... I don't think they did know that she got there for a while, at least. They maybe figured it out later, but... Right. She was kind of pursuing that on her own. And it was, again, a huge coincidence that she managed to get that information. Maybe it's just that they felt like, you know, I mean, she she had been getting all of the really high profile cases. Right. So they figured, well, this is going to be high profile and they're just going to put Dallas on it. Possibly. And I think Rourke was a connection too. Right. Right. Capitalist pig that he is. Right. Definitely though that everything kind of revolves around Eve's connected to this and this and this and this and this. It's always connection with Eve. Because they had to have already set up the first yes. explosion, even before, yeah, sure, yeah, JC was well, and they had to set up Lisbeth, you know, mm-hmm. knowing her temperament, and they clearly set up everything with Zeke, right? Prior to all of this, right? Yeah, yeah. it's so definitely I think a long did. con, a long game going on here, and it's a lot, yeah. Where you know, also, just Eve continues to be the only cop that works in New York City. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It looks like sometimes. I'm Feels sure like everyone's worth too. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't well, hear about it. He seems to get all the high profile cases, all of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I'm there saying. Are. It's like, you know, you do yeah. have other good cops in that department, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Come on, people. So, the one, one of the notes that I have is that they go to this reading of the will for um, JC Branson, and uh, she and Rourke go there and they go to the, uh, the mansion. And the door is opened by a maid and it says, the maid studied the badge for a moment. Eve showed the maid her badge, then nodded. It wasn't until Eve saw the quick jitter in the eyes that indicated a security probe that she tagged the maid as a droid. And I was like, oh, some foreshadowing going on here. (laughs) Telling us that, oh, they've got a droid that is so lifelike that it almost fooled Eve. That's important. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. Right? But it's something Very we kind important. of just gloss over a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Until you reread it and you go, oh. <laughs> oh. A little oh. foreshadowing. So the, the reading of the will is all a big show. Oh, yeah. You know, except that, you know, the brother, B.D. Branson, gets all upset because the brother that was killed is giving all his money to his girlfriend who murdered him. So in fairness, <laughs> murdered him. In right. fairness, but, whether I he mean, said it up or not, cause he did. <laughs> like, right. I mean, that's a reasonable that, reaction from a brother whose brother was murdered. Kind of a reasonable reaction right. from anyone. Like I feel right. like, I feel like anyone who's just kind of like, yeah, I met that guy once and I feel like his girlfriend who murdered him shouldn't be getting shouldn't all get that money. money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so after the will is read, then Eve and Rourke have to go to a dinner. And uh, one of my favorite lines happens after that when they get into the uh, into the uh, limousine because, you know, first, again, same as last book, Rourke is horny all the time. Yeah. Oh, totally corny. And it's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I said horny. Oh, horny! Yeah, but, he's, he he is both. but he is both. <laughs> he is both. Um, but yes. I mean, just I just feel like this book again had a lot of, just sex. A yeah. lot of sex in it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm not opposed to. But no. it's just funny after after having read you know later books so much. 
Yeah. Where we are only getting, you know, maybe one or two. One or two usually. Yeah. It's funny. It's kind of yeah. like the word fuck. I didn't yeah. realize it was in the, the early books so much. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm so shocked. Yeah. I it's, know, it's, right? it's, it's terrible. It's so yeah. So they're in the, the limousine. She says to him, I didn't get all polished up so you could leave fingerprints all over me. <laughs> and he says back to her, darling, I never leave prints. That's one so of my good. favorite so yeah, good. exchanges. That's good. <laughs> and then so later on, they're back at the house and they're going to work on this case together. And she wants some financial data from him. She wants to see if he can get financial data. This is another one of my favorite scenes. This is why I'm bringing it up is that she's, you know, taking off her dress and saying, oh, yeah. like, I want financial data, blah, blah. <laughs> and apparently she's just in, so, you yeah. know, black underwear. And there. it says high leather boots. Do you think they're like thigh highs or do you think they're yeah. just... I don't know. Just over the knee. I have maybe. a question about over the knee. Go up to your thigh. Are they really that comfortable and useful? No. Okay. No, they're not. They are not. No. No. Okay. They are <laughs> I'll not. Take Jen's word for it. Listen, I, I, there's no interest there. Like I can't go any higher than below my knee. I've tried just the ones that come up just above the knee, and no. No, I don't. Do I mean, I have giant calves, so I really can't get ones yeah, that go that high anyway. But I have problems finding boots that fit me because my calves and my feet are such weird proportions that it's I just, like I just don't yeah. see how boots like that could be. I don't know. I mean, uh, if you can wear them, good for you. <laughs> right yeah i mean if you yeah. want to wear them that's like i mean footwear for women is such a personal <laughs> thing anyways i know women yeah. that wear heels all day and never have an issue they just they they're comfortable in them and me i wear heels for five minutes and i'm like fuck this shit get them off me <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I cannot wear heels <clears throat> yeah no i, I really cannot either yeah no yeah. If I buy any sort of heel, it's the real big chunky heel. Give me anything narrow and I'm wobbling like a friggin' weeble wobble. Drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we were talking about women's high heels. Yes. So And how um, high Eve's boots are in this and scene. And how high Eve's yes. boots are. And she's wearing two tiny scraps of black and high leather boots and Rourke is into it. Yeah, he wants so, to find a whip. Yeah, he's saying, let's have a whip around here somewhere. But yeah, that whole scene is... is uh, and then she says, all roads don't lead back to sex. And he says, the best ones do. She said, I'm not going to parade around in my underwear to, for, to so you can cook up some period fantasy. And he's like, it's okay, it's already cooked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you think I needed time to do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he needs no time. No. Yeah. No, no. Brooke's a horny bastard. Oh, yeah. So the next day is when she gets the uh, transmission by Cassandra, letting her know that there's going to be a demonstration of their power. And she and Peabody go out to the address that they figured out where the explosive is. And of course, the explosives go off. Rourke pulls up and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, Rourke pulls up. <laughs> but uh, I guess he got he got another, he also got a transmission. Yeah. So that makes sense, I guess. Right. 
He owns but, it. But like the Madison Square Garden thing, she like turns yeah. around. There he is. Well, he he does. He did own part of Madison Square. That was part of it. He said, "Right, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think he owns some sort of scanner that he's he got a police scanner you know, going. He's got a police scanner, and he's yeah, he like, works in his office, and the police scanner's going as he works. Absolutely, he's one of those people. Yeah, <laughs> no, keeps his eye on Eve because he, had, you know, he has it tuned to her channel, and it's scanning yeah. her transmissions. Which really, now that I say that, is kind of creepy. Uh, yeah, like, a little." This building blows up and totals Eve's car. Not totals it, but you know, yeah. you know, this car puts a hole in it. A rough time, I know, right? <laughs> but uh, good thing Peabody's brother's there because Peabody invites herself over. <laughs> she sure fucking does for dinner, and then Eve forgets. Because <laughs> Rourke is like, Rourke is like, oh, we're having we're having company, and she's like, what are you talking about? And like, um, Peabody and Peabody's brother does try to fix the car or does fix the car. And, and the best part is that later yeah. on she's at central and she comes out. <laughs> yeah. The sign, the, sign, the, on the sign on it. <laughs> she's, she's that's my boy, Baxter. Yeah. 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 That's a Baxter thing. And that's what she says. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love him. We sure do. Yeah, it says um, on the car, some joker had put a hand-lettered sign on the cracked weir window that read, show mercy, terminate me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Baxter. Baxter. <laughs> and that's Baxter. So uh, she brings Rourke in for questioning. He's a so she questions him and he's about to leave and he's looking at Eve's uh, little boo boo on her knee because <laughs> she leg, scraped yeah. her knee, you know, <laughs> and he kisses it just as Peabody comes in and of course Eve is mortified. Eve's yeah. just going to get over this shit. Yeah, <laughs> really well, I know, right? Does. There's so many yeah. things she needs to get over, though. My God, <laughs> right? <laughs> It'll take some time. It's only been what a year or so. Rourke said, just leaving. And then he says to Peabody, how did you come through this morning's excitement? And she said, okay, it was. And then she stops and she says, well, actually, I got this little nick right here. So she rubbed her finger on her jawline. Uh, and he said, so you do. And then he stepped up and gave her a kiss on the cheek. And then she's all, you know. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> no. It's Peabody. cute. Peabody and Rourke is just magic. It's I a, know. I, I love I love that relationship. I do so much. It's just it's so great. And Peabody said, I almost got blown up and got kissed by Rourke all in the same morning. I'm writing it on my calendar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I would. Right? Ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so as they're looking into this explosion of trying to figure out you know, how it happened, who did it. That's when they bring in their uh, bombs and explosion expert, Anne Malloy, and uh, she's going to help them out with this case. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Anne Malloy. Yeah. And uh, so Eve mentions Arlington to Feeney because earlier Ratso had mentioned that the fixture had said something about it being another Arlington. And Feeney tells her that during the urban wars, the uh, the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia was blown up. 8,000 people, military and civilian personnel, including children in the care center, uh, were blown up. Now they're all afraid this is going to be another Arlington. Now we see Peabody's brother 
in her apartment kind of fixing stuff and thinking about Clarissa Branson. And that's not okay. That's that's not not a good look. (laughs) Yeah. I mean that's kind of why he's in New York because he met B. D. Branson's wife in uh, Arizona and she asked him to come to New York and build some cabinets for them. Uh, but it's all part of the setup we find out later. She played a number all over him, which plays into the whole, you know, naive thing. And he's a little ridiculous with the whole thing. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So, and, um, young, and I get it. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's young and he's younger than Peabody. Naive. Very naive. And I feel like, because I mean, she said that's how they grew up, like with really very limited TV right. or yeah, any kind of outside right sure you know right you are a little bit naive i think yeah oh yeah when you live that kind of a life people (laughs) those people not that those people are bad but yeah they're right so you know after she finds the the uh signed by Baxter on her car. I mean, just <laughs> only a few pages afterwards, she's somewhere and they, they come out, she and Peabody and Eve says, look at this shit, would you? And somebody had uh, spray painted a bright red fa- frowny face. So great. On her hood. <laughs> no respect. Vehicles. <laughs> no respect. Uh, yeah. And Peabody's just, you know, trying trying, <laughs> trying not, not to laugh. laugh. Which is <laughs> I love I just love that scene because it's just like Eve's like, God damn it, like I'm <laughs> I can't get anything. <laughs> Nothing is serious. And I'm like, how can you take yourself seriously during that vehicle? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. know, right. But but I mean Eve's really good at taking herself seriously, so <laughs> Indeed, she is. She takes things too seriously sometimes. Right. That's why we love her. (laughs) So, yeah, she's still investigating the murder of J. Clarence Branson and um, not really having a whole lot of sympathy for the the woman that killed him. Well, I mean, I feel like. She doesn't have a lot of sympathy. Well, I mean, but she's, you know, it's, it's getting pled down the, uh, the right. whole thing. And yeah. she's thinking that's bullshit and stuff. But, um, I feel like she turns around by the end of the book and kind of. Yeah. Sees, I think she does too. Yeah. I mean, this one was really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, find out later that, uh, there was full size lifelike, uh, droids of both brothers. Right. And they used one of them to get fake pictures of, yes. to convince this woman that uh, J. Clarence Branson was having an affair. Right. right. And it's, so that's nuts, also. <laughs> yeah, like, what? I don't know. You know, these are, these are rich and very obviously connected people. Why didn't they just have him assassinated? Why didn't they just have <laughs> a whole like elaborate setup? Do you think that maybe they did it so that she would, so maybe she would not have access to his funds? Like maybe they thought she would be 
Maybe. Um, I, I think it's that if you have the guy assassinated, then, you know, they're going to look at that. They're going to go like, oh, well, obviously this guy was shot and he was shot by an assassin. And now we have to look into that. Well, but- they could make it look like a botched mugging or something, or I don't know. Right. And I think just that he like would probably really still look into it. a elaborate ploy for people who are so well-funded and well-connected. Yeah. Just I the think way. they just wanted something that was going to get uh, not prosecuted, but they wanted a killer to be found right away. And they wanted, you know, it to be okay. like put to bed right away. Sure. And not look right. into it. Well, I guess that's, yeah. Yeah. But they don't yeah. understand who they're dealing with, obviously. They don't, yes. They clearly <laughs> didn't understand who they were dealing with because uh, Eve never no. puts anything away, you know? No. And we're getting a lot of uh, Peabody and McNabb like <sighs> circling sniping around each other. other. Yeah, sniping oh. at each other and circling and around just, each other. I just roll my eyes through all of that because it's just so <laughs> juvenile. It's so like, here's not- the thing. I agree with that, but I also just really feel for McNabb. Oh, yeah. hardcore for oh, McNabb. Yeah. I want to smack the fuck out of Peabody I during all that. I think that we, as a whole, are all three of us are especially and most. I feel like most people, but I don't want to say that everyone. And like, I want to give her a little bit of a leeway that there are people out there who literally just cannot see things like that right in front of them. And yeah. like, right. I don't know. I don't know what the hell is up with her that she comes from this. And she she hints at here in the next couple of books. She she's in this weird place where she like feels like yeah. she has to have something in it. It doesn't matter if it doesn't feel real, even though she wants it to all the things with Charles. And yeah. I don't know if she's trying to like hold on to herself. Like her first impression of McNabb is that he's fucking annoying and right. that's not me. And I'm not this kind of person. Like, I don't know what her deal is. I think she's having an identity crisis. I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I mean, I guess that's very, I mean, that's very important. She's not an idiot. She's a, you know, she's a good no. person. She's not the, the kind of person who would yeah. purposely hurt other like, people. What the fuck is going on? Her reaction to McNabb is so extreme. The way she treats him is so extreme. She's not like that with anyone else. No. And so it's just like, what is going on? I don't. Yeah. Get I it. mean, I don't I mean, know. Is it, is it is it just to kind of reiterate how, you know, like that childhood crush thing, how like you, you know, will yeah, like treat know, people. You know, you're going to mean because you have a big crush on them. Like, I don't know if she's just not recognizing. I, I literally have no idea. But I'm sure that there are people like that out there. And you I, know? I feel like she like she's deliberately missing what's happening. It's annoying as hell. I mean, <laughs> I'm afraid of it. I wonder this is literally just coming to my head right now. I wonder if this is just like Nora taking another pass at a character not being a hundred percent like comfortable with jumping into the situation that probably is the correct one. Like even Rourke, you know, and there's, there's actually some crazy interesting parallels between those two couples that, you know, you, uh, I think it's the next book. You really get to see a lot of like Rourke and McNabb and you're like, well, actually McNabb, is following kind of a little bit of the same trajectory that Rourke did. It's just he doesn't sure. have the resources right. and he's not Rourke. P- 
Peabody is a lot more against this. It's clear there's a connection between them. Obviously, this book, mm-hmm. like right. them, literally have they. Ha- I don't know. I feel like they have to do this to get this out of their system. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just like another another pass at that kind of character dynamic. I have no idea. I'm 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 always perplexed when I get to this part of the series. I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with this girl? Like said, these three or four books up until seduction when it all resolves finally. The whole unnecessary love triangle, as Tara called it a while back. It's unnecessary. Right. Here's why. Here's the thing. I'm just going to say this right now. Like Charles isn't helping. Charles doesn't even realize that he's. In this, like, (laughs) here's why I won't give him a a whole pass. Yes, he does not realize he's in this, but also he literally goes on Pat once he like retires from being a a professional. He goes on to literally being the kind of person you would talk to about this, and that makes me question his actual skills. That he doesn't get it with a woman who I'm sorry, Peabody is not gonna. She's not sly. Like she's not using him. She he's. I don't know. I <laughs> I always kind of took it as she she very much is Peabody, and I don't know that she would ever make her. And she she knows that he wants he wants something besides the LC relationship. So she's not pushing the sex because of that. Yeah, who Peabody? Yeah. With with Charles, I mean, she. I don't uh, think she ever really comes I, on to him to the point where she doesn't. Where but, he would be like, "Oh, she but, wants this with me." No, I I disagree with that. I think he's. He, I think he's. He was friends only with Peabody from right. the beginning. No, I agree with you. I agree that that's his perspective. Right. But I don't think that Peabody ever pushed it with him either. Because we see kind of her right. side of things where she's like, oh, I kind of want this with him, but I'm not but really attracted that, to him that way. But does she? Yes. So she wants she she, she wants, wants to want, to want him. Yes. But she doesn't. <laughs> isn't that isn't that some tacky 70s song or something? I think so. <laughs> I think it's so. Just, um, it's, it's the thing that I can't connect to. And I. Yeah. But I, but I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because I'm sure. Sh- certain that there are people out there that sure, just cannot right. find that connection for themselves because they don't trust themselves or something. I don't know. I mean, right. I think that with Peabody, I think she, she felt like she was safe with Charles. She could act like she wanted it and that he wanted it too, but they were just friends and that was kind of a safe thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, with McNabb, I think she realized from the very beginning that there was some kind of a connection there, and that's not safe. Yeah. So right away she was pissed off at him because this is the person that she's feeling that with and not Charles, who she really would like to feel that with but doesn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's We really just needed AJ to say exactly that because that was it. Yeah, and I that's exactly right. Trying to say, but just not very eloquently. <laughs> But it, the way she goes about it is just so fucking obnoxious, and I just want to smack her. I like it's, seriously, Peabody, come on. It's it's not a, it's not a, a great look. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And like I said, she her reactions to McNab are so extreme, and she just kind of treats him like shit. And it's like you know he really hasn't done anything to her to make her 
Well, I mean, you know, he he really is kind of a little obnoxious. He to is, and but it does not say to the point where she's are, she is so rude to him so, so many times, especially right. in the very beginning, like circa holiday and vengeance, and you know, and it's just like really. I want to say that vengeance is really kind of. I think I don't know. I feel like vengeance is pretty innocent. It's kind of like yeah, you guys okay. are like you know what I'm saying. She's like she just has this like knee jerk snap reaction to yeah. him where she just hates being in the same room with him and there's no reason for it really other than him just kind of teasing her and being a little obnoxious. Right. Listen, like, I actually I actually respect people who are willing to just like snap right back at people they instantly hate <laughs> because I can't do that and I want yeah. to a lot of the time. But she doesn't instantly hate him. Yeah. No, she saying. doesn't. My point is, is he doesn't give her really the reason for it. And he doesn't. And it's just so, it's rude. The reason for it is because she's attracted to him. Well, I know. I know that. that. But McNabb doesn't know that. And I feel so bad for him that she's treating him this way. And it's like, yeah. 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 What a mess. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because whatever the fuck happens, this book is now we're just suddenly having sex in an elevator. It's fine. Right. I mean, yeah. It's actually, um, if you're somebody that's into romance novels like I am, that's actually a very common trope of, oh, yeah. you know what? Let's just do this once and get it out of our system. <laughs> and you you know yeah. that that never oh, you works. know it's gonna go farther yeah absolutely there's always an hea after they say that she's yeah she's gonna have peabody and zeke over to the house for dinner and uh, she comes home you know she's got a baggy sweater and ancient trousers on and somerset says to her i trust you intend to change it to something more appropriate before dinner this evening and Eve says, I trust you'll continue to be an asshole for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's just like, w- yep, we needed that. It was time for some banter. But right after that, um, he says to her, there's a messenger coming to the door with a package for you. And that's when she just goes berserk and like, you know, thinks that maybe this is a package from Cassandra and it could be, uh, you know, there could be explosives in it. You just never know. Right. And so there's a whole, you know, where Eve is trying to get Somerset to go, go call the, uh, the delivery company really just to get him out of the way because she's trying to save him. And right. he is, he is not having it. He's telling, he says to himself, like he is not going to have her, Shielding him like she did the last time. It's very dramatic, but also it's just very dramatic. Work. <laughs> but also, it's just hilarious because she, like this poor delivery driver, you know, she like grabs the girl and like you know uh, pulls her into the house and you know slams her up against a wall. The girl is having cow like I'm just a delivery girl. I don't carry any money. I mean, I'd have a cow too. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she's like 
trying to verify the name of Somerset. And Somerset's like, yes, that's the right name. She's just a child, Lieutenant, and you're frightening her. And she's like, she like, she'll live through it. How'd you get the delivery, Sherry? She, <laughs> like, uh, give Eve something yeah. to calm her the fuck down. <laughs> right. Uh, well, she's a little on edge. Just because, a little. Uh, you know, it's fine. Well, she's got a group that might blow up anything at any moment. Yeah, so. no big deal. It's a little on edge. <laughs> but i just feel sorry for this poor delivery girl so you know <laughs> and then she finally you know somerset verifies that everything the girl is saying is true and so eve's like you know we've been getting a lot of solicitations and we really hate that here <laughs> like you okay <laughs> and don't she ever her- solicit that house <laughs> yeah i know right uh, yeah. She says, says, you know, she gave her a 50 credit chip and says, you drive careful. And she takes the, the package upstairs and and then Somerset says to the girl, I'm terribly sorry. She hasn't had her medication today. <laughs> <laughs> As he should. <laughs> like, yep. You you earned that day to give to dig on her that way. Like, oof. She, yeah. It's rough. <laughs> then we cut to Zeke. Oh, Zeke. (laughs) And he's at the Branson home and he's working in the basement. And um, then while he's working, he hears voices and it's Clarissa and supposedly BD. Oh, my God. Such a mess. uh, (laughs) Yeah, right? Such a mess. He's hearing what sounds like BD, uh, you know, uh, abusing uh, Clarissa. And so he at first ignores it. He's like, it's none of my business. And you're like, none of my business. So he put on ear protectors. Yeah, he should keep ignoring it. But of course he doesn't. But plot. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So yeah, uh, this is right around the the same time that Peabody and McNabb get together for the first time. And, you know, they're both like shocked. And then Feeny catches. (laughs) Yeah. Which Feeny is. Poor Feeny. But also, like, also, you know the number of times in the future, like, Eve has to deal with that shit? Yeah. Welcome, Feeny. Welcome. Yeah. 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 Right? Exactly. And I just I just love Feeny's reaction. Like, holy Mary Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just pretend I didn't see that. I didn't see a goddamn thing. <laughs> I will say that this is, like, there's there is no way that those two are the only ones doing shit like that at cop central i'm just no, and i oh, agree no. it's still inappropriate hmm. right but you know in comparison a uh, few books uh, down the road even rourke are gonna be in the shower at cop Which, central and also inappropriate so inappropriate. i will talk about that when we get to it but that just seemed yeah. Yeah. Weird. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. this would happen. <laughs> no. Like I but, said, with that, we talked about that when we did the novella podcast. And I right. just feel like, I feel like that one moved so fast and they were never home during that one. And she needed to get a sex scene in there. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so. Which I feel like I could tell, 
I could tell Nora, like, you don't need, you, you don't need it. You don't I mean, need to. Not it's in a novella. I, mean, I understand it. You don't have to put sex in it. We're, it's not. Yeah. We forgive I, you. We're going to keep reading. It's fine. <laughs> we're fine without one. It's <laughs> yeah. And you know, and, you know, I love, I love the sex, but it's just, you know, there's, there's a time and a place, you know, it's like. And the hey, showers at Cop Central are not the time or the place. No, no, no. I will say I appreciate <laughs> that they definitely get over it within the next few books. They do. They, they do. Get, they're taking. I was like, and then they're like, okay, we actually need to. Yeah, you know, like work, right. work kissing Eve or touching her and stuff like he does. It doesn't bother me at all because I think that's just him being him, and you know, and he's never inappropriate about it. You know, he doesn't drag her off into a closet and make out with her. But, right. you know. Voluntarily. Voluntarily, right. <laughs> but, yeah, like Peabody and McNabb for a while there, they're just like <laughs> going Couldn't at it. keep it check. And just yeah. like, come on, guys. Yeah. Really, settle down. Take it outside. Right. Yeah. Go up the street. I mean, really? <laughs> say that I love about the fact that Peabody and McNabb are finally getting together is Eve being so oblivious about it yeah, when they get to Zeke and you know Cassandra or uh, Clarissa later you know really Cassandra and, right. and she's like yeah. but why, why was McNabb there like she's right like, uh, yeah. I, love, I love when Eve is actually naive about something like that it cracks yeah. me yeah. so much because that would be yeah. me and be like I don't get it what's yeah. going on why are you what? Why? What? Jeez. And Rourke knew it all along. Rourke, was, oh, yeah. Rourke, like, Rourke was like, <laughs> Rourke was that he didn't have anyone he could like make bets about it with. Like that's really how it goes. Totally we getting together. Back during vengeance, he knew this shit was going to yeah. go down. Yeah. Yes. So like exactly. five months later, he's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he knew that McNabb had no one to bet with, so it didn't do him any good. McNabb was going to hit it at some point. I mean, (laughs) so he's not, yeah. But Eve is just so. And again, Eve being overprotective and a little inappropriate, too, by calling McNabb out about it. And it's just like, you know, keep your fucking nose out of their business. I'm going to just say that I feel like it's just, you know, Eve is so new to all of this caring yeah. about people stuff. It, that it's just, she doesn't know the lines. She I don't, don't I, you know. It, it still bothers me. <sighs> yeah. She don't understand that. about it. It's like. Yeah. That was inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, honestly, McNabb really kind of goes through it through this whole thing. And he's still like, you know what? No, this is the person I want to be with. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you yeah. know what? Though? Good for good for McNabb for standing up to Eve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and he he's made it, he like, made it perfectly clear. Like, yeah. Well, he makes it perfectly clear in Vengeance. He's willing to to bite back if he feels oh, even, sure. even though he's wrong. Like he, yeah. well, he wasn't wrong this time. He well, wasn't no, I mean, like when he even when he is, he's like he very much like, yeah. is. You know, this is how yeah, I feel, and I'm not gonna worry about the fact that you're a superior officer because my opinion and my feelings also are something you need to listen to. Right. Yeah. Well, and in this case, she was out of line mm-hmm. and she had no right to right. snap at him like that. And, you know, so superior officer or not, that doesn't give her a free pass to no. act like that. Right. 
So, and yeah. also, you know, I mean, it, it caused problems between her and Rourke, her being that way too, yeah. because mm-hmm. she said to Rourke about, you know, yeah. cops shouldn't be in relationships. And which you know, is another thing that it's like, you know, it's been a year yeah. at this point, right? You should and that's how he's feeling. That, that kind of thing. That conversation is weird to me. And it's, and again, I think it's just another mark of how Eve is not, she's just not a hundred percent with it as far as how to interact with other people. Right. That conversation, it's Eve actually trying to talk through this and like understand. And then Rourke kind of is like, oh, okay, now I'm mad about it. You know, and she's she's literally not actually talking about her and Rourke, but she has in the past. And then Rourke's like, we're not having this fucking conversation again. And I'm like, yeah, actually, this right. is a really great opportunity for you guys to talk through this, which is what Eve needs to be right. able to function in this capacity, because it's not a thing that she's going to get rid of anytime soon. Right, right. And I feel like the two of them do that a lot. Yes. Even up through, like, look at Innocent. They just both keep missing the point and missing, mm-hmm. like, what's happening with each other. Like, I know everybody blames Rourke in that whole thing, but I 100% just as much blame Eve. I, they're, they're both just so, yeah. they're both extreme. They, they just react. Yeah. They're yeah. very reactionary. Yeah. Yes. Very reactionary. And they don't talk to each other. They just expect the other one to know how they're feeling. Yes. Oh my God. Listen, right. wait for the next book. Cause I got feelings there. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's just like, come on. Like, you know, I get, I get it. I do. I get it. I get not talking in relationships and, you know, and, but they talk. Is the thing. Right. Yeah. They talk about everything. Right. But they can't, like, they keep, like, not clicking on certain things. And it's just like. And the Ugh. things that I think that they should yeah. click on. Right. Yeah. Right. It's fascinating. That's why they're so fascinating. And that's why it we want to read books. Because about neither them. one of them really know how to be in a relationship like this. Right. I mean, Rourke, Rourke has been around, but I don't think he really knows how to be in a relationship like mm-hmm. this. And, you right. know, I don't he think definitely so. doesn't. Yeah. By any yeah. means. And he just expects her to know what he's thinking and feeling. And Eve does the same with him. Like I said, an innocent where she's like, oh, he he should know why I'm why I'm upset. No, he shouldn't. No. You need yeah. to tell him. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. it. That's the series in a nutshell. <laughs> you know, it makes me crazy. Every time I'm like, stop thinking he knows these fucking things. He doesn't. <laughs> Talk to him. Yeah. You know, because he was so confused in that. Like, if, going back to Innocent again, he was so confused in that situation. Like, she's never jealous. Why is she all of a sudden acting this way? And right. And she just wouldn't, she wouldn't even talk about it. She well, kept walking out of the room. Right. Come on. Yeah. That'll be a fun one. <laughs> well, that'll be, I have so many thoughts and feelings on that one. Oh my God. Yep. Yep. So many. Yeah. So yeah, they, they uh, find out that, or they think the next, uh, the next explosion is going to happen at Radio City Music Hall. So they all book it over there and including Rourke. Because apparently he owns the Radio City Music Hall. Apparently. Of course. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Just like Eve needs to get over her, like, surprise at work 
owning everything. He's got to stop owning everything. I mean, He's for real, freaking Radio City. Well, Come on. I mean, it's good to diversify, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, I don't even know. I don't know why I thought this scene was in Witness. Because Witnesses, it, that takes place in a theater too, I think. Yeah. I, there yeah, were a couple I, times I, I was like, when does this scene right, happen? And then I'm like, yeah, oh right yeah, that's a Witness. Yeah, and they're right next to each other. So that's probably yeah. why. But uh, yeah. the scene where after they're done uh, disarming the last bomb and they were out on the catwalk. Mm-hmm. And he, he um, because they were doing a revival of Peter Pan and there's uh, yeah. uh, ropes <laughs> for the pirates to swing down onto the stage. Uh, that makes decides, me really sad. I would have liked to swing down on ropes when I was a pirate in Peter Pan. You didn't get to do that? Oh, no. Sorry. Only Peter Pan got to fly in Peter Pan, but that's fine. I still got to play a pirate. <laughs> and a maid. Oh. <laughs> I mean, well, good for you, Tara. You my life. Pirate, though. That sounds fun. So, but yeah, that this is one of my favorite scenes when he like grabs her around the waist and and uh, says, "Okay, yeah, hold great. on," and, <laughs> and swings so her pissed. down to the stage. I don't blame her. I would have been pissed too. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I think that's. I would. I would enjoy the heck out of that. But um, Eve is not into that, and Rourke, you know that. <laughs> right? I would have had the same feelings. Right, and well, you know, and plus, we just got finished disarming bombs this whole place could have gone up at any moment and right. you're just like you know hey this yeah. will be fun let's do this yeah we <laughs> yeah. get to work <laughs> yeah but then you know there was some chip that they took out of the bomb that they disarmed and she yeah. she was like you know okay fine like, give me the chip and he's like what chip <laughs> what are you talking about i'm you know uh, the the chip that he had put he folded inside of a handkerchief and put in his pocket, and he and took put in the his handkerchief. pocket. Like what? Like yeah. what if you tripped when you hit the, the ground? Yeah, and on, put, put that chip in his pocket, and then grabbed a hold of a rope and swung down <laughs> onto the stage with perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Like, are you serious, dude? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> So yeah. she wants the chip. Then he takes the handkerchief out of his pocket and, and uh, unfolds it. And of course the chip isn't there because he's done some sleight of hand thing. Because Rourke. Uh, because because Rourke. Rourke. And he's like, oh, I seem to have lost it somewhere. <laughs> like, I, I was, you know, I, I love Rourke. But I was a little irritated. I was with Eve on this. I was a little irritated yeah. with him about this. <laughs> Like, yeah. dude, give her the fucking chip. What the yeah. fuck? It's evidence, man. <laughs> it's evidence. It's evidence. And also, yeah. like, buildings and shit are blowing up, including yeah. things you own. Right. Come on, it, dude. This is not the time to go, like, oh, I need to steal this because maybe I might want to make one of my own or something. So, or, but, you know, more it's, it's like, it was my property twice, my woman twice. That's why he <laughs> took it. Yeah. So, and she's like, you know, if I don't like my woman any better than my wife. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If my woman is your new way of saying my wife, I don't like it any better. And he said, I'm with her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Woman is actually worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Then we see Zeke again at uh, the Bransons and um, Clarissa comes down to tell him about, you know, Radio City and um, 
people are so cruel. <laughs> yeah. She is you know. a lot. Yeah. She is so, yeah. The first time I read it, I remember thinking how fucking annoying she was and just so. Yeah. She lays it on so thick. I feel like they, I mean, they did it right. They definitely chose the right person to like go at, you know. Um, I mean, you know, they play it off pretty well with the stuff that they do at the will reading, you know, the way that the Bransons are behaving around Eve. But then... After this, like, I don't know. I know that it doesn't really show, like, in the story that Eve is like, this is a bit much. But I feel like Eve probably is thinking this is a bit much at yeah. that point. Yeah. And obviously, super suspicious getting rid of the body, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, super suspicious. Super suspicious. Yeah. And yeah, that coming together is quite satisfying yeah, <laughs> all right. that comes together, I'm like yes Eve yes. <laughs> you get that bitch so um so we find out later that the uh, the Radio City uh, job was really just a test and their real target was the tea room at the Plaza Hotel oh. yeah. which oh. they blow up without any kind of fanfare or anything it's just a surprise and they yeah. blew it up yeah. And it's it's interesting to me that she Eve kind of has the exact same argument with um, Anne Malloy as she does as she did earlier with uh, Peabody in that they're going through this scene, uh, you know, where all these people have been blown up. You know, there's tons of casualties, mm-hmm. and Eve's way of of coping with that is just to kind of emotionally shut down and and just do the job. But other people aren't like that, and um, you know, she's telling Malloy that she needs to kind of like suck it up and, you know, get the job done. Yeah. And they have a little bit of a argument because um, Malloy is saying, that you know, you want a droid and she can't be that way. And it's kind of the same thing that that Peabody had said to her in an mm-hmm. earlier book. It's all part of Eve learning how to interact with other people. <laughs> right. Well, and part of the reaction here, too, is we find out later that Anne is pregnant and so she's right yeah with, you know guessing strollers and hormones, which you, you know yeah right right you don't want to and especially working on kids you know a bunch of dead bodies of children yeah. you know, blown up while you're pregnant that's just not <laughs> yeah Pretty nobody bad. wants to be, you know I mean how do you stay professional in that situation yeah it's, it's <laughs> hard like being right. a doctor Having a yeah. child come in while you're pregnant and, and you know, in an emergency and, and dying on you. And yeah. But Eve handles things that she handles things. And, you know, I mean, it, she kind of feels like people should handle things like she handles them. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she has to understand that everybody's different and, you know, she's got to. Yeah. But, um, and, but it does say that, you know, Eve blanks her mind and, and goes on with the job. Because she has right. to. Right. But then later on, you know, Rourke picks her up. And she falls apart. And then she yeah. falls apart. You know, shortly thereafter, um, Peabody says something to Rourke about she wishes she could be more like Eve and, and not, you know, break. And Rourke says, oh, you know, she breaks. And we just now saw it. Yeah. Right. Eve goes through a lot. And and there's a, a point at which Rourke also thinks about that. Like right. Eve, you know, h- how much she's seen. 
you know, him witnessing the the Madison Square Garden thing, he, I think, has a new appreciation. Not that he didn't appreciate Eve before, because, you know, I think if anybody yeah. do, does, uh, Rourke does. This is so much in, like, it's, he's up close and personal with it in this one, right. you know. It's kind yeah. of interesting because I was just thinking about how relatable that is to all of us right now. You yeah. know, like, everyone is dealing with COVID and all of that and how a lot of us mm-hmm. don't really know how to react to that and i think it's like i think it's like at the beginning of the next chapter where you have this moment with zeke and he's like i didn't even see if my sister was okay after everything she went through like he is so distracted she is so distracted there's so much distraction there's no no one can focus on anyone else because they can't hold it together for themselves and i'm like that is so fucking relatable right now yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I feel like that just goes along with the whole book or the whole oh. design that, that, that Cassandra has for everything. Just make everything yeah, so this, distracting that this whole book is about distraction and trying to I don't know. I this book I feel like I didn't like this book as much as I like the first few times I read it. And it's actually quite brilliant the way that it is. You know, the way it's crafted. And that's a big part of it. Is this manufacturing of distraction and um, just how it like hits everyone, you know, like it has on everyone. And we get this, this is the only book we get with Anne Malloy and holy shit, we're like attached to her. Not because she's, you know, the next brilliant character in the series, but because you want to connect to her. You want to connect to anyone who's working on this case. And I think that's perfectly said. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of leads into this big fight that, that even Rourke has because, mm-hmm. you know, um, she, she kind of says something to Rourke about, you know, um, all the people that were involved are hers and not his. <laughs> He's um, like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I mean, he, Chica. Again, he owns the Plaza Hotel. Right. And uh, so he's saying, like, saying the wait staff, the musicians, the desk and bell staff, every one of them died working for me. Every guest, every tourist who wandered through, every single person was under my roof. By Christ, that makes them mine. And then she says, you can't take it personally. It's like, like, come on, Eve, for real. Here you can't do it personally. Bullshit. Yeah. She's so oblivious. Come time. on, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, she's so <laughs> like laser focus. I think she gets it for other people. She doesn't get it for herself. Yeah, and it's just I, I don't want to say it's annoying because it's not in this regard, but it's just kind of like really. <laughs> Like you can't see where he would be upset about this. I mean, anybody would feel that it was his place. She's she's really not good at catching on to no. that. No. <laughs> that is no. not a strength of hers. Yeah, she's so slow with that. <laughs> she does right. get better, but she yeah. does. He says she says something like, "Let's understand each other," and he says, "Oh, by all means." And she's like, <laughs> "Don't start with that with me." By all means, my butt makes you sound like some sort of snotty blue blood. <laughs> and we know you grew up scrambling for marks in double 
<laughs> she's not wrong. She, right. is, she turned on the sass so fast there. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, he's all like, do you mind if I get comfortable before the lecture? And she's like, are you trying to irritate me? And he <laughs> says, not very hard, but it rarely takes true effort. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I mean, he really does kind of know how to kind of diffuse things or... Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say he's making light of it because he's not, but you know. No. But yeah, he he knows how to settle things down and yeah. Definitely yeah. And you know, I mean, the other way he does it is they have sex. Well, <laughs> well you know, it's been a minute, so it's been not. A, minute, yeah. it's been a couple pages. <laughs> they have sex and then it's like, let's get to work. I guess we should do some work now that we've had sex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? Fine. Sure. We need well, that. We Technically, do. they're still kind of on their honeymoon, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I love it. I think Rourke handles her so well in this book. I don't oh, like, yeah. I don't like saying that he handles her generally because I think that that is maybe a little problematic. But I also think that... I think they, I think they handle each other. Yeah, I think that they yeah. do too. But I think in this book especially, he really handles her. Um, yeah. He helps her navigate through... This is this is definitely a book that she she's not navigating very well as far right. as interacting with other people. And right. he is there for every step of it. And he is a huge part of how she gets through this. Yeah. You know? right. Yeah. And his patience and understanding that, that that's the kind of person she is, is a huge part of that, you know. Right. So this is interesting um, in terms of where we are in the in the series. Because she has another uh, dream, and when she has the dream, she's dreaming now of her mother also. Right. Yes. And uh, she hears her mother say, I never wanted that little bitch in the first place. Now you owe me, Rick. Give me the price of a corner fix or, you know. And uh, so that's the first time, first of all, that she's seen her mother in her dreams. But right. also the first time we hear her father's first name. Right. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a little milestone. Um, and he, you know, when she wakes up and he's comforting her and she says to him, I guess I hadn't let go of today. Everything, all those people, what was left of them. You can't let it get in the way of the job or you can't do the job. And he says, so it slices you up when you shut down. And she says, maybe sometimes. And he says, darling Eve, you suffer for all of them and always have. Again, he's one of the only ones that really sees that in her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Especially people, now. I think a lot of people, a lot of the other characters in the story see her as kind of somewhat robotic and without any yeah. feeling. And it always it always surprises me how many like fans see her that way as well. Yeah. yeah. Even though there are these moments where yeah. clearly she's not. But people right. see her that way. And you're like, what? Like I said, people are so... Are, are we no, reading the same book? Yeah. Tunnel vision and just snap judgment on some characters and they don't see beyond that. And yeah, I don't know. I just... Yeah, because I really can't see how you can read this whole scene and and see the, and think that yeah. Eve has no feelings or is robotic or... I yeah. Don't I don't get it. So it's interesting that that the Peabody is also it's saying that she hadn't slept well, and also because of everything that's going on, not just with the case, but with her and McNabb, because she feels weird about that. Yeah, and then Zeke is 
having weird feelings about, you know, Clarissa. So, you know, he's feeling weird about that. So they're just not communicating. They're kind of like, everyone um, is a mess. Everyone is a mess. mess, Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so relatable right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and usually, (laughs) but especially right now. (laughs) Yeah. Especially now. Yeah. And again, you know, here, our Peabody and McNabb going into a closet and making out because they, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and again, they're just like, well, you know what, maybe we should just do this and get it over with. But then they're in this conference with Eve and they're kind of like, you know, McNabb's winking at her and stuff. And again, Eve is just completely missing the whole thing. What (laughs) is wrong with you? She like does not get it. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah, she's all like, did you two take happy pills this morning? Yeah. Now is no. not the time for happy pills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Come on, guys. So, and this is also when Malloy takes Eve aside and apologizes to her because, you know, she was overly emotional at the scene and tells her that she's pregnant and that's probably why. Meanwhile, the rest of us are like, no, it's okay to be overly emotional because people are dead. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I get that that's how Eve has to handle things, but uh, I couldn't do it. So, and then they they also figure out that these bombings are kind of like mirroring the exact same bombings from the Apollo uh, group earlier, years earlier. So from that, they're kind of figuring out where the next bomb might be placed, and it could be Madison Square Garden or the Pleasure Dome. That's when Eve uh, needs the uh, the money for a bribe. Yeah. Oh, yes. The bribe. Yeah, yeah. Her and Morgan yeah. had a fight that morning because. Right. Because they, they argued about uh, Peabody and McNabb. Peabody and McNabb. Yeah. Yeah. And, so uh, they, now, she has to like be like. Super yeah. And we over. No. Did we? Did we skip over? What? Because they have the fight because Eve wonders where, why Peabody and McNabb were together the night yeah. before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we skipped over Zeke killing Branson, which turns out to not be the case. But. That happened. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, we, she's, yeah. Clarissa set, a, set stage this whole time of, you know, I'm being right. abused and he's like, I'm going to save you and take you take you right. away with me, you know, um, Wait night it. and, uh, so he goes there to their house, to the Bransons to pick her up and take her away. And BD quote unquote is, uh, is there and, uh, they have a fight and, uh, Zeke pushes him and he dies. And I think it was a earlier foreshadowing when Zeke talked about uh, looking at uh, Eve's aura. Right. And Peabody yeah. says, you know, oh, you're not supposed to be looking at auras. And he's like, I right. know, but I just wanted mm-hmm. to make sure with this woman, blah, blah. So yeah. when when um, when he pushes Branson, Branson hits his head. And this is the way that Zeke knows or thinks he's dead because Zeke looks at his aura and it's not there. And uh, like we said earlier, he goes to get Clarissa a glass of water and comes back. And she's like, oh, yeah, I got rid of the body. Get rid of the body. Let's go. What the fuck? (laughs) And he's like, what? He calls Peabody. During this whole time is when Peabody and McNabb are 
Doing it. Doing it in the uh, elevator of McNabb's apartment building. And then they finally get up to his bed and they do it several times. And, yeah, doing it. you know, good times for them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, good for them. I'm, I'm actually happy for them. Me too. Get it. Get, but, some, yeah. get it. But then she gets a call from Zeke and says, you know, you need to come to the Brances' house. I just killed her husband. So, I just want yeah. to skip over that whole thing because it does play into. Threats, right. So. right. But also, way to kill the mood, Zeke. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to forgive him for that. Right. Because it well, doesn't then, really yeah. kill the mood much, to be honest. I mean, it does right. for a while, but not for very long. Right. They're like, oh, I guess we should do this again. Not very long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. So then even Rourke fight because she. Can't figure out why they were together. Right. And, and then like right. is like, here's the really obvious stuff that, that is right in front of your face that you don't get. Okay, yeah. now let's fight about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Everyone is very high strung right now. I don't know if yeah, you noticed. It's a lot. But it's about bombs. You know, I don't know. Action yeah. and blah blah. And Rourke's just like, I'm not having this shit right now. So <laughs> <laughs> So, and, you know, Peabody's like all overly emotional and she's doing the, you know, to, to Eve, you know, you're the best thing. You're everything that's right about the job. It's yeah. a, if anyone else had said me. that, I would be like, come on. But <laughs> Peabody saying it makes so much fucking sense. Yeah. She's just that kind of person. She's like, well, because yeah. she comes in and she is her, because this is where her no nonsense, like unemotional style helps, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to come in and say, no, no, we can't be emotional about this. It, there are things that have to happen and we all know it and we have to do things by the book or else, you know, your brother's going down for this. Right. You know, so we have to make sure we get the statement right. We have to, you know, you, there are times when her being methodical really helps. Oh, Yeah. For well, sure. and we've hit the point, like we've hit a point in the series where Peabody does know better now, you know. Right. She she knows that this is how she, you know, this is how Eve is. She had to be taught that before. Right. And this also kind of shows us the kind of thing Peabody needs because we see how Eve handles her in a couple books you know, with um, purity. Like, yeah, she okay. is like, nah, you gotta do this. And then you see Peabody be like, right, I have to be a cop about this. Right. Um, and we have to see her go through this first to be able to move on to that. And it's it's really, it's really a, a really cool thing to see between the two of them. And I think that's right. why they fit together so well. Well, I think it's also interesting that, so, um, so this whole scene happens after Eve questions uh, Zeke and uh, she really goes after him. You know, Peabody comes to her and says, thanks, because she said, once I got my head clear, I was afraid you'd give him room, go soft the way I would, but you hammered him. So thanks. And, uh, you know, later on, Eve kind of beats herself up about it, about having right. to hammer on, not just about having to hammer him, but about, Peabody coming and saying thanks, right? For that, it's so fascinating. It, yeah. it, you know, it's such a back yeah. and forth. Like you know, I mean, on the one hand, she wants people to be methodical and by the book, but that, you know, I mean, but once she is, then she like kind of beats herself up about it. 
later. Right. I mean, I think that's such a, I think that's a very relatable thing. Like we're not all a hundred percent one way, you know? Right. And Eve's still navigating through how she, how she does any of this, you know, before she, maybe she, I mean, she never expected to feel this kind of, I don't know, care or anything toward another cop. Like, you know, like she's like, she had Feeney and then, you know, it's it's said in all these early books. She's like, I wasn't really expecting to have this, have this aid and have this person that I'm training, and this is how right. it's playing out. And so it's all new to her. So right. yeah, she's like, but this is what's always worked for me. I've always been strong and stoic, and and been yeah. able to push through all this emotion. But Jesus Christ, it's right here. And yeah. I feel my feelings are different than they were in the past because of right. the connection she's created with this character. I like, I think I love even these early books. I really love seeing how she contradicts herself because I think that's so real. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's one of the people's, some people's <laughs> problems with Eve is that she contradicts herself. And I'm like, we all do guys. Yeah. You want her right. in a certain way. Cause she's fictional, but she's a, brilliant yeah. character because she's real you know like she's yeah yeah i don't know yeah. I, everybody's a mess if you pretend otherwise you're lying everybody's I mean, a mess that is right <laughs> like, I mean, that is true that it's is the truest so statement ever so yeah and this is where they have their big fight one of the things that is uh highlighted a lot while they're having their fight is eve saying to Rourke, I know you love me, but I don't know why. I look at you and I just can't get why it's me. Every time I get my balance, I lose it again because it shouldn't be me. And I think it'd kill me if you ever figured that out. Yeah, it's got to be frustrating. (laughs) Also, Also, like the fact that Eve will like come out and say something like that, but then like can't flat out say to him, actually, it really bugged me that you um gave your fucking ex that look in innocent like she right, right. come out and say the things that should maybe be easier to say but then this right. like heartfelt like raw yeah. emotional statement is like oh, okay um she can do that i don't, I don't understand. right, right. Oh. yeah yep so naive yeah. is great <laughs> <laughs> she fascinates us all right and yeah. I think it's funny because, uh, like, the next day she's, you know, at Cop Central and she's with uh, Peabody and she's kind of going over everything. Like, uh, Lamont should have been picked up last night, arranged for him to be brought up to interview when the scanners uh, receive from securities arrive. I want to know about it. Contact Feeney and see if he... If the tap warrant came through on Monica Rowan, did you sleep with McNabb? <laughs> she's it's like, so ridiculous. Come on. Like she just couldn't hold it in. Like she just had like. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Eve. <laughs> God. <laughs> and, and I guess. Okay. Here's my other thing. I kind of get where she's coming from with Charles and, you know, and, you know, I know she brings up the whole Casto thing, but it's McNabb. 
Eve has known McNabb long enough to know that McNabb's not going to hurt anybody. He's right. not going to be, he's not going to treat her badly. And, you know, like I said, I kind of, and I think she knows that with Charles too. She just worries more about his profession and stuff. And she doesn't want to see people at Peabody get hurt in that way. Right. Right. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I just, I'm like, really? <laughs> Calm that's, down. <laughs> that's a shaky excuse. Like this is McNabb. He's not going to treat Peabody badly. Her back is up. Like she really is just not able to figure out how she can get through it and that's what it is it's kind of misplaced for her well and and the other thing that she tells mcnab is that she can't afford to have the two of them like you know tripping over their heartstrings tripping over their heartstrings during an investigation (laughs) which is kind of like as someone who's unattached and i guess never been in that kind of relationship i feel like I would, I would easily, I would feel like I would easily be the person to be like, guys, fucking hold it together. But also, they're probably going to be less distracted if they just get it out of their fucking system. Am I right. wrong? Yeah. No. And I feel like Eve maybe yeah. should know better about that because yeah, I was just gonna say it's a little hypocritical considering how she met her husband and right. everything that that. <laughs> just saying. Oh, Eve. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. Oh, man. So she's got to go do this drop. And, and, you know, one of my favorite parts is when Feeney's got to put a a scanner on her. (laughs) Yes. You know. Feeney is a treasure. Yeah. Feeney is the best. (laughs) We love Feeney. It's just, he was just, you know, um, so mortified. Well, they were both mortified. And can I just say, Eve, wear a fucking bra. Like, you know, she has this problem <laughs> more than that. I mean, also, like, she gets, people, like, try to blow her up and shit all the time. She should be at least wearing a bra. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I feel like, see, this has not um, been my problem, but I feel like if I was flat-chested, I would, if I could get away with it, I wouldn't fucking wear one. Well, sure. And I get it. Yeah. You know, she's got the tank tops and everything, but I, this does, this is not the only time this happens where Feeney <laughs> has to attach something and she's I like, feel like oh, she would still feel that way in a bra. I'm naked here. Here are my boobs. Now put it on. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? I, again, I feel like I really don't understand like why she can't like pull the tank top down so he can do that <laughs> because that's not how Eve thinks he doesn't have to see your whole chest to do it you know he can you can probably pull the pull it down enough that you can put it on and plot <laughs> comic relief right we we need these moments yeah. yeah we do indeed so during this time I guess uh McNabb is part of her backup but he's yeah. got to be inconspicuous and yeah. um this part uh actually made me think of of Tara because uh you keep saying that McNabb's one of the uh what did you put it the least appreciated or oh least, yes I did say that I um I underappreciated I, yeah members I, I feel like she's underappreciated and I don't for some reason um this made me think of it because 
you know, she's at uh, Grand Central Station. She's about to get on a um, subway and, um, you know, she sees McNabb. So she knows he's there. And so uh, it says turning away, she moved toward the tracks as the rumbles started. McNabb pocketed his computer game and strolled up behind her. He'd been a good call, Eve mused. No one looked less like a cop. He was wearing headphones, doing a little head and shoulder dance as if he were listening to music that set him into motion. Uh, His body stood at Eve's flank like a shield. And just something about the way she put that made me think, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of times we, you know, we do kind of think of McNabb as kind of a ding dong. Right. Yeah. He's or whatever. He's pretty badass. And it's it's very rarely appreciated. Right. I think I think of McNabb as that typical geeky character who's also a little badass on top of it. He's just very, you know, he's so smart. He's oblivious to a lot of social conventions and and how to do things and how right. to interact. Not so much how to interact. He's right. pretty good at the socialization stuff, but he's just very, you know, he's brilliant. So he's kind of dumb about other things. Right. And I mean, very bit. much like Eve, actually. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 But right. even, you know, even even so, you know, it's very obvious that at least here, you know, I mean, she trusts him to have her back. I mean, as much you as know, she complains about him. Which, yeah. again, goes back to her losing her shit on him over Peabody because, you know, right. you should know better. <laughs> you should know better. <laughs> but also, you don't want a good cop distracted during something sure. that's crucial. Right. So this Cassandra group has uh, Eve going back and forth on the train to different locations. And then finally, um, for the record, the trip she takes literally would take hours. And then you're going to Queens and I'm like, what the hell? This is yeah. just a waste of fucking time. Yeah. It's maybe subways are faster in the future. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe <laughs> they're not like, making stops. Be. I don't know. I know. Well, that's like me last week and conspiracy or two weeks ago and like Chicago. Like, um, yeah, you're not gonna find some random hotel in the fucking south right. side, right? Yeah, you dreamed of the window of it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> true. Not gonna happen. Yeah. So yeah, I get to I get to care. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I was like, well, they just literally wasted Eve's entire day, which was pretty rude. <laughs> right. No, it is rude. <laughs> the whole point, though. Right. Right. Distraction again. Distraction again. Yes, exactly. So smart. So then she's um, approached by a couple of droids, and she gets in a big droid fight <laughs> again like like uh last book where they kept fighting droids oh yeah that's right yeah oh, i forgot about it they're fighting droids again you know yeah in the middle of you know grand central station or whatever at the end of it she asks uh McNabb if uh, they know the target and he said madison square they're evacuating and defusing right now so um they go over to madison square garden where they're trying to evacuate people. And of course, 
people are being idiots like they normally are in this right, kind of situation this and, and refuse to leave. And, you know, uh, Malloy's in there and she's uh, diffusing bombs and Eve keeps telling her to get out. And she doesn't want to do that because she's got a job to do. One of the explosions goes off and then mm-hmm. people, you know, go, oh, wait a minute, this is serious. And then we they start stampeding. We should probably leave. <laughs> like they told us to, like, you know, probably a half hour to an hour ago or whatever. Right. And they start, you know, running for the exits. And of course, you know, um, a small child is squirted out of <laughs> the... Uh, and can I just say, you don't jump onto ice and land like that and be able to just pick up kids and run. Trust me. As someone who's had well, to deal with medical issues on an ice rink, you don't, well, it's not going to happen without you falling and cracking your head. It does say that she hit the ice on her hands and knees and she skidded wildly when she picked up move. the kid. I'm just saying. Well, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Malloy tells Eve to get the kid out because the clock is ticking and um, she's telling her to get your men out, abort and move, move out now. And she's keeps saying, you know, I've cleared six, four to go. I have to stick. She turns around and there's Rourke <laughs> taking the kid out of her arms. And she says, get him out. I'm going for Malloy. And he said, the hell you are. And as soon as he said that, the bomb goes off. <laughs> whole whole place blows. They start running. And they get clear. Yeah, they get clear. She wants to go back in, but he's telling her there's just nothing to go back into. She's like, you know, she has to go. And he's, he tries to stop her and says he saw the expression on her face and let her go. And says, I'll wait for you. Then it's she sees one of Malloy's people and asks where Malloy is, and uh, he says she does she didn't get out. <laughs> it's just you know, the whole thing is just sad and emotional. Yeah. When she finds Rourke later, she tells him that uh, Malloy's gone and that she was pregnant, and I feel like that was made it worse for Eve, which it should. It should, yeah. yeah. But again, you know, here's somebody that's not really, you know, she. She thinks pregnancy is weird and she doesn't really have an affinity for kids or she does, but she, you know, she's weirded out by kids and the whole concept of pregnancy. And so, but she, you know, is compassionate enough to know that that matters in this case. And now she has to go tell her family, which I don't, you know, I mean, couldn't that have waited? I guess not. Mm. (laughs) She could have let somebody else do it, but she did it. On her own. I also like the fact that it's talking about how Rourke is just Rourke by himself because usually it's he's with Eve, right. you know, in these kind of situations. But it talks about Rourke by himself, like helping out, you know, and ordering coffee and soup for everyone. And that's when he has the, you know, thoughts about Eve dealing with this every day. And then he walked away and went home to wait for his wife. And not only did she like go tell the family, but she like went to tell the family and then she went to her office and filed a report <laughs> that I feel like could have. That could have waited. That could have waited. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it's something that she needed to do to, you know, deal with yeah. it all. Maybe. Yeah. Routine and trying to. Right. Right. Write it all down. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. So, and then she bought a flower from a guy <laughs> on the sidewalk. 
which I love. Oh, I don't you know. too. It's just, it's so funny. So and then she goes home and she and Rourke have a, a, a moment. A and moment. She gives Rourke the flower. It's a nice scene. <laughs> it's a great scene. Yeah. Where, you know, he yeah. finally kind of spells it out for her that her saying things like that hurt him and and right. she doesn't realize it, you know. Right. Because because she's clueless. Hurt. And absolutely clueless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The other thing that's getting uh, highlighted a lot is uh, Eve finally telling him, you're the best thing to ever happen to me in my life. You're what matters most. I love you so much. It scares me. And I guess if I had a choice about it, I wouldn't change it. So now you can get pissed off because I'm done. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> well, the fat lot of room you've given me for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then they have sex. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Which is I get it. Place for them to have sex. Yes. Absolutely. Well, at least they were at home. Yes. Yes. They were at home and it was, and it was makeup sex, you know, it was makeup and sex, so. but also I don't th- reaffirming you know, life of everything. And yeah. Right. So yeah, Eve figures it out that it's a droid. And so she's having them drag the, the river for a droid. And they finally find it, you know, and, and you feel sorry for Zeke because first of all, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't wrap his head around the fact that, right. yeah, you know, someone would probably again, do that. Yeah. This moment that I very much like, because I feel like she lays it out for him in a way that he needed to hear it that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, my feelings on Mavis, she usually annoys me. And like, I swear to God, I'm a throat puncher. If she said, Leonardo says one more time in this book, like, like every time she opened her mouth, but Leonardo. You know what? Says, Here's the thing though. I mean, um, don't you have people that, you know, that do that? Like my boyfriend says this, my boyfriend mm-hmm. says that you don't have people like that, that like constantly talk about their boyfriends. Like, so my well, boyfriend well, says yeah. this guy, you know, but and, and they the are annoying. So I'm just saying it's that so I, annoying. That like, I totally, you know, like yeah. feel for you <laughs> because yes, you know, it is right. annoying. You're right. But I will say I really enjoyed that interaction with Zeke because I feel like, yeah, she really laid things out for him the way he needed to hear it. And that is right. what, he, that is for me, that is Mavis's redeeming quality. That is her saving grace because she is really good at, just cutting through the bullshit and laying right. it out flat. She does it with Eve multiple times throughout the series. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. But then, you know, Eve has to tell Zeke that, you know, he didn't really kill anybody. He just destroyed a droid. Right. And, you know, I mean, it, I just, you feel bad for him because he's got to feel yeah, like a complete sure. and total idiot, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, kudos to the Bransons for putting all of that together because they man- yeah, managed to get diabolical. BD's that blood. Like level shit. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I should say kudos to Nora for thinking of it. Like For you know, real, though. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. We've got to get some of the, the guy's actual blood and, and somehow inject it into the head of this droid. Right. Get get Zeke to attack him. Have the droid fall. 
it's a very yeah. complicated plot very complicated yeah that they have yeah you know yeah just, everything has to go exactly right right just so that yeah. they could get away undetected so um they verify that the, there were actually droids made of both Branson brothers. And um, so they go and they're going to search the Branson household. And I just think that yeah. this part is a little funny because they go into Clarissa's room and there it's very girly and it's a lot of pink. Yeah. And uh, Eve says to Peabody, uh, let's take this creepy little room apart. And Peabody says, I think it's kind of pretty. And Eve says, anybody who lives with this much pink has to be insane. Yeah, she's not wrong. And but um, it's, I, I think that's funny, though, because like later on, you know, Peabody's all about the pink. I mean, when she can. Yeah, that's true. Home, yeah. Yeah. It had never can, really been brought up before. But yeah. then all of a sudden, it's pink everything. Yeah. It's pink, it's pink everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and. Eve does kind of think that Peabody has to be a little bit insane. Yeah. To wear that much pink. Right. Wow. Can we mention how many times Rourke's random body parts were mentioned in this book, too? Like, she's, like in the beginning <laughs> of the book, where, you know, their feet. So she's talking about his feet and how sexy they are. Well, then, yeah, yeah in this scene, there's the bear, the forearms, and yeah. Peabody's noticing the definition in his forearms. And yeah, it's it's just kind of it's kind of funny. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Just random I think it's an important point to bring up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's got sexy feet, and sexy forearms. All right, cool. He's sexy just in general. In Clarissa's room, there's a there's a computer room. She had to call Rourke in to find it. Yeah. They they well, she knew where it was, but Rourke had to be the yeah. one to come in and and figure out all Get the computer the stuff. Yeah. yeah get into the computers and he said there's three potential places they could hit, but they think it's going to be the statue of Liberty. Right. And one of them was the twin towers because this was post, this Mm. was published. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of jarring. Every time I read this one, I'm like, Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And you wonder like, uh, you know, I mean, cause that, there are other authors that will go in occasionally and like uh, update things or change things in their books. And you wonder if, you know, they've even thought about like, maybe we should go in and take twin towers out. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So they, you know, like some, I don't know, some action adventure movie. This is, they, <laughs> they hop in this. <laughs> yeah, in I mean, seriously, it was like almost, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't love it because obviously you yeah. know, it's fantastic, but you know, they, they jump in Rourke's uh, helicopter to fly off to the Statue of Liberty, yeah. you know, and um, he's got like, what high powered rifles like laser rifles <laughs> with him in the uh yeah i mean Thanks, where, seriously dude yeah uh, control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it it it's really is uh yeah it's bonkers because uh cassandra and uh bd are there like rigging the explosives themselves i guess yeah and um 
they've got uh, no more droids, you know. Yeah, uh, more droids covering the front of it, and um, Eve is like, you know, with this um, high-powered laser rifle, you know, laying on the floor of this. Uh, helicopter as he's flying around yeah. and she's trying to take out these droids and then they land the thing and they're getting shot at by Cassandra and BD and they're like <laughs> it's, it's a lot running now here's the thing I, I, he said something about it's probably not a good idea to go up the elevators yeah right yeah they took the stairs that that whole yeah they went up the stairs yeah, there, there's got to be a shit ton of stairs. Yeah, didn't yeah, say something like 22 it. stories or something yeah. like that? It, it, how, how did you possibly do that? I don't... That They're in good shape? I, well, her calves were burning yeah. afterwards, but still, I feel like... It, That's a stare, long way. I don't, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. You know, it's a lot. Yeah. And then they, they confront these... To, in ten minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, why is she like? Why are? Why is she a police officer? She could be like a you know marathon runner and a yeah, <laughs> marathon runner and athlete, Olympian. Really, I mean, you know, they run up the stairs, and she's she's fighting with Cassandra, and he's fighting with BD, and. They're also trying. Well, he is no Rourke is um he's, is working he's his way up, defusing the bombs. Yeah, defusing bombs as he goes. Yeah, but also and how much time actually passes there? Like he's he's run off all those stairs plus defused bombs. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and like this is all within ten minutes. Right. Because, yeah. <laughs> and here's what I don't understand. Now, obviously, Cassandra and BD had planned on. You know, setting the bombs, going down. Yeah, from the Statue of Liberty, getting in their vehicle. Yeah, and taking off. Right, and being well away before the bombs go off. Right, but somehow within this space of t- ten minute space of time, that you know, even work has landed their helicopter and run up the thing and they realize that they've only got like five minutes left on the timers. Yeah, like I. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah, you know. the timing is is not good there. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for it. Yeah, it makes for a great story. Yeah, you know, right? And, and, but yeah, it's you but know, we don't but worry it's about the logic. And yeah, uh, yeah you really shouldn't then, worry yeah. about the logic. And then you have yeah, Eve fighting with what's her name and yeah Cassandra and, Cassandra, and then Rourke is starts fighting with BD and then you know they end up flying out the window which yeah. I mean this one always fucking kills me every I, movies TV shows we get, you're not gonna <laughs> catch the ledge you're just not <laughs> I mean if you you're might. falling out a window are you gonna have the freaking mental capacity to grab the ledge <laughs> yeah i feel like if you're falling out you're gonna fall like head first yeah you're like or tumble out you know even way. if you go I backwards I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again we can't we can't think about this logically yeah because yeah we just don't we just can't don't do that to yourself and his shoulder is com- yeah. a complete wreck but he manages to give himself right. the, that shoulder the, the weight and hang there while eve tries to pull him in 
Yeah. Right. Like that's 170 pounds of dead weight, man. It like hanging. Right. He could have helped her. You know, I mean, yeah, he, it says he's, he tries to pull bit. himself up, but I mean, it's still, right. I mean, that is, that defies yeah, reality. She, she, finally, she finally pulls him in and then it's like, oh, we've got 45 seconds. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it's like for, dude, you have he's 45 seconds. start out. Like she's going to get yeah. all the way down in 45 right, seconds. 45 seconds. Like, come on, why dude. Even bother telling her to leave. Don't even bother. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Mark, he wasn't thinking. I mean, everything is, he's lost a lot of blood by this time. Yeah. The whole thing is just. It's ridiculous, but awesome. It, you know, and then Cassandra, like, jumps out the window herself because she wants to die her way. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he's diffusing a bomb and she's telling him that she loves him. They somehow get out alive. Yeah. Somehow. I mean, again, uh, people talked about, you know, the, the last book yeah. being, having yeah. a ridiculous ending. Yeah. This one is, yeah, pretty ridiculous. Just as ridiculous. Just as ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But again, you know, I'm I'm here for it. Me too. Absolutely. I'm 100% it's fine great. with the ridiculousness. The whole thing was yeah. fantastic. I mean, it was a, it, it's a really good book. It is. Yeah. It's got some really great like character growth for Eve, especially. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For all of them. Yeah. You know, it's got some great dialogue. It's got As usual. Peabody and McNabb having sex in places they shouldn't. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. got Eve, Eve and Rourke having <laughs> sex in a many times. Many times. Yeah. Work parts. Yeah, it's, it's random everything work parts. you would want, really. <laughs> random work part appreciation. Yes. I mean, it's got everything you would want. It does. It does. <laughs> did you get many um, comments I on? Did not get a lot on Twitter. Um, just the response that this is one of the few in the series I've only read once. And I feel like that's a mistake because it, it really is a good book. Yeah. You should read it again. Yeah. Yep. I yes. agree with that. Not only should you read it again, you should get the audio book. <laughs> good audio book. listen to the audio book. It really is a good audio book. And that's from Pegasus 50940. And I apologize for, you know, my brain not computing at the moment it's late guys it's, we've been it's re- 10 after <laughs> yes it's and we it's started late at because we've had technical difficulties <laughs> but we've also gone off topic quite a bit so yeah uh, this last part's gonna be a little rough i think it's cayenne m wolf uh, the the quote that i posted when i posted on uh instagram was the when peabody said i almost got blown up and got kissed by rourke all in the same morning <laughs> Uh, and she said that's one of her favorite quotes because it's a fantastic quote. It is. Joe mm-hmm. Reed's 2015 said, I just finished reading this one. Peabody rocks in this. And I, th- I feel like Peabody's just a rock star all the time. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yvonne says lots of action in this book. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, noticed, I noticed some action in this book. Yes. I noticed a, a little, little yeah. Yeah, along with, unfortunately, many 
innocent lives lost due to the bombers. Yes. Um, Alyssa Sargent said this is um, from about last week's episode. Another great episode. I am going to start saying twice as good as a 10 and then some. Um, <laughs> and she had a suggestion for our fanfic, which is um, if you guys write some fanfic, I want some more Caro. I'm sure she deals with a lot and doesn't get enough credit. I'm down and with you. Kara. Are probably 100% correct. Yes. Heidi says about this book, this is always a tough read for me because I really liked Anne Malloy and got attached to her. And we all know what happened there. Yes, we do. We do. Also, the, same, the bombing girl, of the t- mm-hmm. Also, the bombing of the tea room was just so devastating to read about. Yeah. But it's still a fantastic book. Also, Peabody and McNabb and Zeke is such a darling. Zeke is a darling. Yes. We all love Zeke. Precious. Born Truly Canadian says Peabody is one of my favorite characters. She keeps Eve on her toes. I love the back and forth sarcasm between them. And as I'm a woman of sarcasm and aren't we all? Yes. <laughs> if you um, haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We really like sarcasm around here. Mm-hmm. Not at all. We're not sarcastic one bit. <laughs> not one little bit. Uh, they no built fucking a way. <laughs> My virgin ears. <laughs> they have built a bond throughout this, these books that they are family and care for each other deeply, even if it's hard for Eve to admit that about Peabody. Peabody rocks. Yes, she does. Indeed. And Hertz Linus Books says, Feeney and Eve's responses to Peabody and McNabb's relationships always make me laugh. It does. Yeah. yeah that's absolutely. Right the thing. It's amazing. So um, let's do the trivia. Last episode's trivia was Louise made up a disc of evidence for Eve. What did Louise name the disc? The answer is the Dallas Syndrome. The Dallas Syndrome. And of course, that was answered by Heidi. Heidi, and she yes. she felt bad about it. <laughs> she um, did. That was really cute. She, <laughs> she answered it She's anyway. Like, I feel bad for answering this, but I'm going to anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, Yvonne answered it. Yvonne yeah. knew it also. So yes, good for you. Um, here's my next trivia question. Uh, Mavis makes an appearance in this book a couple times. Describe the tattoos she was wearing. Ooh. Good one. So also from Yvonne, she's uh, asking a question that I think we can answer probably pretty quickly. Uh, in, I think this is, which book is this? At the Christmas party. Which Holiday? Christmas party? <laughs> Holiday. Holiday. Okay. Holiday and death. Um, when Eve and Peabody argue over bringing Charles to the party, Peabody says, if I want to pay six LCs to fuck me blind, etc." Then on the final page of the book, Eve says, okay, but if you ever do hire 12 LCs to fuck you blind, etc." So is that a Yanni or just Eve forgetting the number of LCs? I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that could go either way, honestly. I mean, I, I think feel like it, if it's Eve's personality for her to yeah. just forget I mean, I, I think that that's, that definitely could absolutely fit into just Eve not remembering the number. I mean. Or Eve just being sarcastic and, and saying right. yeah, higher higher number just because it's funny. Yeah. I, I, you know, that could also yeah. be. 
But so it could also that's be not really too. an answer. I mean, it could also be yeah. a Yanni. We don't. I mean, know. I just yeah, but, I don't think that that's something that is a real stickler Yanni. You know what I mean? It's I, yeah, I, something like yeah. It's not something like the Morris Morse thing or yeah, you know, that that's sort a, of thing. It's more. Mm-hmm. It's more okay. Yeah, that could have just been Eve forgetting the number and yeah, just randomly saying a number. I mean, yeah, agreed. I agree with you. So. Okay, I think that's it for this episode. So um, next week again, we have not. We have no <laughs> really idea. Really bad at planning. We got to plan these things better. Yeah, planning is yeah, hard. We have you lots of ideas, guys. We just never know yeah. what we're gonna do. Yeah, <laughs> we just don't know which one of them. It it, uh, it the last couple of episodes, it just depended on uh, what uh, made Jen uh, pissed off that week. <laughs> <laughs> That is absolute uh-huh. fact. I need to talk about fan fiction. <laughs> I need to talk about fan casting. Yeah. That is absolute fact. It is. So indeed. It, it really is going to depend on um, what what irritates Jen this week. And we'll find that out. Like, All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. Yeah. But no, no. We, we've got a whole list of things that we've discussed talking about. So we'll figure out what we're going to do. We'll, we'll talk about... And we'll, 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 you know, announce it, obviously. Or it'll just be a surprise to you. Maybe you that'll like be fun, Mike. Surprise. This surprise. is what we talked about. So, um, and then after that is uh, Witness and Death. Yes. Yeah. Which so I'm looking forward to. I really fun. like that one. I am looking forward to that one, too, because mm-hmm. as you know, that's the one where I felt like Rourke was a dick. So I'm, I'm going to be looking for those Witness? moments where... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Rourke was a dick. That was the first one I, I read, and I, I thought, thought Rourke was a dick. No, it was Witness. The first one I read was Witness. And for, oh. for whatever reason, I was like, this guy's a dick. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah, have think, to look at... I think at- Rourke is at his kind of his sweetest in Witness, honestly. Do you think so? I think okay. so. Well, it'll be interesting for me to read it and, yeah. and with that in mind and think, like, why did I think he was a dick in this one? <laughs> Maybe it was just me. I don't know. I didn't understand him at that time. Yeah, true. So, um, anyway, again, you can, you guys can get a hold of us at any time, as you know, on our Instagram or Twitter. Uh, just look for Podcast in Death. Uh, or you can go to our website, podcastindeath.com. You can send us an email, show at podcastindeath.com, or you can call the number 205 476 2753. That's two zero five four Rourke. And call um, the number. Call the number. <laughs> <laughs> and I think finally for us, maybe not for you, but for us, finally, this is the end of the this podcast. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're all sighing in yeah, relief. Well, we're all we happy all, sleep here, like glazed yeah. eyes staring at the screen. <laughs> Mostly uh, Jen and Tara, but yeah, uh, yeah me too. Uh, so for podcast and death, this is AJ. I'm Jen. This is Tara. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to podcast and death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. 
The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This podcast and all of our previous podcasts are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Twitter and Instagram. But no, we don't have a Facebook page. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-4-ROURKE. That's 205, the number 4, ROURKE. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slant you to you.